Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We are going to talk matchups today, specifically quarterbacks and running backs going into week three. Tomorrow, we'll hit on some tight ends, we'll hit on wide receivers. We're going to go over a bunch of the quarterbacks and running backs that we like this week, You know which matchups are favorable, what we look for, all that. Zach, how's it going, man? How you feeling? You ready for Doing week good. three? Oh, I'm so ready. So this is what I, I was upset because the first week I lost three out of four of my um, leagues. And then this past week, I won three out of four of my leagues. And I was four-tenths of a point away from winning all four of them. So I'm looking Oof. forward to a chance for redemption here this week. And I'm feeling four. pretty good about it. Four tenths of a point. Oof. Yeah, it that's was sad. brutal. That's brutal. It, that, that's like a single play, and you don't realize it while it's happening, but you're losing the game. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> so we do have a couple pieces of news, man. Kareem Hunt signing with the Browns. Okay, um, this is definitely interesting, right? And you know, we knew last night when we were putting in our waivers that this was a possibility. Okay, right. so. You know, if you spent up, you spent up knowing that Kareem Hunt could go back to the Browns. Okay. The way that I see this, okay, is that Kareem Hunt has familiarity with the system. They need depth at the position. Remember, they had to go and trade for another running back, right, with New England. Okay. Yeah. So they don't have much on the roster right now. And. I personally, you know, have said that, listen, I'm going aggressive for Jerome Ford. Now, he does have a few tough matchups coming up, okay? But I didn't want that to cloud my judgment because when you can get a potential solid RB2 on the waiver wire for the rest of the year, you know, starting in week three, Tennessee this week, not the best matchup in the world. I don't love him. I don't really want to put him in my lineup. Uh, But if you're going to put him in your lineup, you know, with the – you know, with the least amount of Kareem Hunt is probably this week, right? Um, yeah. Just because of Kareem, just because Kareem Hunt has, you know, I, I heard rumors that like he's not in the best shape. Okay, um, but that's those are just rumors. Uh, yeah. But if you if you got Jerome Ford, I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt here. I think he's going to play the Kareem Hunt role, which was basically like thirty to forty percent of snaps, which is perfectly fine because the way that this offense was operating. Uh, if you remember what Nick Chubb was doing, he was getting 15 to 25 carries regardless. And I think if the game script is right with behind this offensive line, I think that's how they're still going to operate with Ford being the guy. And I think, you know, Kevin Stefanski basically said that that's what's going to happen for the most part. Yeah. So what I took away, I think he came out and he like affirmed that Jerome Ford is going to be the lead guy. And yeah. you touched on already what I was going to bring up, like, this has been, even when it was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, a two-man backfield. Like, it didn't feel like it because Nick Chubb, he's just that good of a runner. We, we could talk about how good of a runner yeah. Nick Chubb is forever, you know. But he was producing despite that workload. You go back and look at the game logs, you might not realize that they're all like 50 or 60% snap shares for Nick Chubb. He's just that good. So, am I saying Jerome Ford is that good? No, but I think he's good enough, and I think that they're going to split this work if anything, I think at the very worst, it'll be down the middle. It's just going to look like the same type of workload that we saw with Kareem Hunt before. So 
I'm not really worried about Kareem Hunt signing here, like you mentioned before. And we talked about this yesterday on the pod. We were like, we're not scared of somebody showing up. We figured they could bring somebody in. Is it hilarious timing that they wait until after waivers clear and then they they add him? Yeah, you know. But what else did you expect? That's how it usually goes in fantasy. So with Nick, with uh, not, not Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford. You mentioned matchups. They're tough. I actually had a little bit on that in what I prepped for here. We were going to talk about that, but I'm not scared of Kareem Hunt. And just to go back to what you said about him maybe being out of shape, like, did he ever look like the most in-shape guy when he was on the field? (laughs) You know, like, he wasn't elusive. He wasn't fast, but he could do what he had to. You know, he was a solid RB2, and that's what he did. And I'm not taking anything away from Kareem Hunt. I think he's going to be fine, like you mentioned, because he's familiar in the system. But I think we're just headed pretty much for what we were getting before, except Jerome Ford might have slightly lower production because I just don't think he's as good of a player. But the split and the usage should be familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense, man. Um, But do you have those matchups in front of you um, for Jerome Ford coming up? Because, Uh, you know, I'm looking at this Tennessee matchup and that's, you know, it's not the best, you know. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you where I have Jerome Ford right now um, in my rankings. Um, For the week, I have Jerome Ford as my RB24. Okay, so he is a back-end RB2, um, the lowest RB2 you can be, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's pretty brutal coming up these next few weeks. So you have Tennessee this week, obviously, then Baltimore. Then he's on bye in week five. Ouch. Come back, play the 49ers, and then the Colts. So not until week seven do you get like a favorable matchup. He's not even playing week five because of bye. And in between there, you got three very good defenses to run against. So the returns might not come immediately, but you went and got him on the waiver wire. You have him. Don't drop him. Just wait it out. This is a guy that's going to be able to return value, like you mentioned, all year long. And it might not happen immediately. That's just the way the schedule shook out. So don't worry about it if he has a bad game here or there. Yeah, exactly. And because after that, it's not so bad. I mean, even Indy, like there's a chance that, you know, this is a positive or neutral game script there, right? So it's not terrible. Then he has Seattle, Arizona, he has Pittsburgh, Denver. So it's not too bad um, after that. So this is really for the for the long run here. Okay. Uh, Especially for Mm -hmm. all the people that needed an RB2. Cam Akers was traded to the Vikings for a pick exchanged. Vikings gave up a, a six round pick. The Rams gave up a seventh-round pick uh, and K-Makers. Um, they said, here, please take him off our hands. Okay, obviously now the first thing that you think about is Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams yeah. is going to ball out, okay? It, you know, this you know the Browns added Kareem Hunt. Okay, not the Rams. They got rid of a, a running back here. So now they were, they're in a situation where, like, this is a Kyron, this is a Kyron Williams show, man. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't see any other you know, way that this could shake out right now. Okay. I have Kyron Williams really, really high in my rankings, Zach. <laughs> well, okay. I don't I don't blame you. I mean the utilization have, has okay, been there. Can you can you can you you haven't seen my rankings yet before the show. Okay. I haven't because you were just you doing just, them. <laughs> I was just can you take a guess as to where I have Kyron rankings ranked this week? So do you want like a general range is like, do you want me to say like high end, no. mid, low, or do you want a number? Sure, sure, sure. That's fine. Okay. I'm going to give both. I'm going to go with low to mid RB1. I'm going to say RB8. Really good guess, man. Really good guess. I have him as an RB6. RB6 okay. of the week. So I thought yeah. I was going way high here. You know, and, and I'm not saying that's a problem. I'm not saying I don't agree with it, but RB6. I mean, well, you know, I, like we're talking said, about running backs. Me. We're talking about running backs on this show, okay? So this is all yep. part of this, right? Like we're we're talk, going to talk about all of them, right? Who would yep. you start this week, Kyron Williams or Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs is going up, up against Pittsburgh. Kyron Williams is in Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm go, I'm starting Kyron Williams. I mean, that one's yeah. easy for me because Josh Jacobs is just not playing like Josh Jacobs right now. And if you want to play the usage game. They're similar, and Kyron Williams might even have an edge, and he's also producing at a much more efficient rate. So, yeah, Kyron Williams is the guy, and he's got pretty good matchup against Cincinnati. So, I, I'm all in. <laughs> Kyron Williams or Jameer Gibbs? Mm. That one's tough. Just I'm going to go back here to usage again. Kyron Williams is being used all over the field. 
Jameer Gibbs is just getting used in the passing game. Usually that wouldn't be an issue, but with Jameer Gibbs it is because he's getting the DeAndre Swift treatment. I don't think he's going to get a full workload yet, even with Dave Montgomery out, so I'm going to go with Kyron Williams here too. And listen, it's easy to say Kyron so, Williams so, because so, so you, you agree with me fire. here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I don't, like yeah, I said, I, mean, I don't blame um, you, but it might feel drastic because this is a guy that we weren't even talking about three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I have Kyron Williams ranked up ahead of both of these guys. So this is unbelievable to me. All right, so let's talk about the other side of this deal here. Okay, let me ask you, Zach, do you think that, you know, with the Vikings getting Cam makers, do you think that this negatively impacts Alexander Madison going forward? Yes. I think it does. And I'm not saying it's going to be like suddenly this is Cam Akers' backfield, but I'm not going to say that Alexander Madison is going to be exactly the same player he was before. Now, granted, the Vikings are a pass-heavy team. <laughs> They're going to be throwing the ball way more than they run the ball. So all we, all I'm looking at here right now is Alexander Madison where we had that luxury of falling back and saying, okay, he's been efficient, but the volume has been there. The usage has been there. Now we have to question both. He's been efficient, inefficient, and now his workload might get cut. So he's a really shaky running back right now, if you ask me. I'm not sure I'm happy with him as like my RB2. If you drafted him, you probably took him as your RB2. He's kind of just a flex candidate for me now until further notice because I feel like Cam Akers, Kevin O'Connell, Cam Akers followed him. Kevin O'Connell came over from LA, if I'm not mistaken, and Cam Akers was there. And now, obviously, Cam Akers wasn't fantastic with the Rams, but there's familiarity there and they traded four acres. So clearly they could see him having some use for them on offense. So we can't sit back and say it doesn't hurt Alexander Madison. I don't think Cam Akers is going to have a ton of relevance, a ton of value or a ton of volume, but it'll be enough to make this Vikings backfield just ridiculous to try and project. So for me, both running backs, I mean, I'd say they're flex candidates at best. Right now, Alexander Madison is safer. I'm probably not starting Cam Akers unless something, you know, changes. We see where he's getting some ridiculous usage in Minnesota. Yeah, I, you know, it, this is an interesting one for me because, you know, I was shaky on Alexander Madison coming into the year. I thought that there was a chance that, you know, he could be replaced at some point. I, I just don't know if Cam Akers is the guy. You know, and also, <laughs> right. You know, I, you know, I thought about what you said. Um, like I, I had the same thought is what I should say with Acres following O'Connell, but like O'Connell and 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 uh, Sean McVay are buddies, right? And it's like if if he was in Sean McVay's doghouse, like I don't know how, how much leeway he's going to have with O'Connell. You know, if they're buddies, right? It's like that's fair. He could probably be a depth candidate for me. You know, the way see uh, the way that I, I see this coaching staff and how they how they look at Madison is like he's our guy. That's kind of how I've seen it, and and I I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like Acres. I think he he'll get a chance, obviously in practice. Like if he looks really good in practice, you know, for whatever reason, you know, like all of a sudden, like sure. Apparently, I heard that he had a really really bad practice leading up to week two. Um, which is one of the reasons why he was cut um, or one of the reasons why he was inactive for that game um, unexpectedly. Right. He also tweeted out that I'm not sure what happened, but it seems like they talked about it and they said like, Hey, he did not look good this week. Right. Right. And from so, what I saw in the preseason, uh, uh, Ty Chandler, like, is he, is he even going to beat out Ty Chandler? Like, I have that legitimate question, you know, honestly, you know, it's so, a fair question. You know, I just, I, I don't know. So uh, what I'll say is this. I'll say that uh, there's a lot of things that can happen in this backfield. Um, things got worse for Madison today because there is another running back who is vying to become the starter. Will it happen? Who knows? Yeah. I, right. I don't know if that's going to happen either. So my question for you then is, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this too, so I, I can respond yeah. then after you respond. But if you had Cam Akers, and you had that terrible week one, and he was inactive in week two, and you kept him on your bench because he might yeah. get traded. Is his value now higher on the Vikings than it was a couple of days ago when he was when he was announced inactive? Is his value higher? Is it lower? Yeah. Is it the it, same? It's higher. It's higher. It's higher because you know you you go from inactive, you're basically useless, 
right? Right. <laughs> you can't do anything. You, you like you're not even on the field. You're not playing games. So like you're useless. <laughs> um, but you get traded to a. I wouldn't say ambiguous backfield, but you get traded to a backfield with a starter is a, is like you know this random dude pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. and like he's been inefficient the first two weeks. Now I will say that the first two weeks tough matchups from Alexander Madison. Okay. Yeah. Um, really tough. Okay, he's so some slack on those. Yeah, you know, like if you look at like who, who I think he played Philly, and he played uh, Tampa Bay. Okay, so not great. Okay, not the best matchups in the world. He did get six targets last week though, and this week he plays the Chargers. Yeah. Okay, so the Chargers, you know, Raheem Mostert, twelve fantasy points in week one, seventeen fantasy points for Derrick Henry in week two, Tajay Spears. You know, more than five yards of carry for him. You know, so there is a chance that he could do some things. And maybe this lights a little fire under his ass, too. Who knows? I, I do have right. Madison as a mid-RB2 this week because of all the churn at the running back position. There's so many running backs hurt right now, right? Yeah. Like, you got Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, all the guys we lost for the season, Saquon Barkley, all these guys are out. So, like, by default, he becomes an uh, – uh, he's my RB16. Yeah. I'm playing him over guys like Javante this week. I mean, they're, they're, they're back to back in my rankings. I'm playing him over Sanders. And like these guys are mid RB twos because of all the destruction at the position right now. You know? Yeah. So he's going to be in most lineups, dude. It, like, it's not that many running backs you can start over Madison unless you have like a top 15 guy. You know? And so it's exactly. like, it's, it's yeah. tough. There's attrition at the position right now. That's why these guys are so valuable. Like if Alvin Kamara coming back, dude, you know, and we like we were labeling him as like a low end RB two. He's gonna come yeah. back. He's gonna be a low end RB one, like his first week, <laughs> just because Legit. of all the attrition right. at the position. Unless, you know what I'm saying? Unless Kendra Miller has some big game. Can't rule that Let's out. But I will him. say, I, yeah, I will say okay, for us, you're spitting. You just said attrition at the position. So like you're on I fire know, here. Right I, now, I, right? I caught that. I caught that. When's the album coming out? <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, now uh, I want to hit out Kendra Miller but guys uh, I, I was talking about, my, about my rankings my rankings are up at upperhandfantasy.com uh, so you can go check out my full rankings there all the positions flex rankings super flex rankings they're all there for week three alright um, but yeah man I want to hit Kendra Miller real quick um, he had a full practice today okay he's coming off that hamstring injury Jamal Williams has a hamstring injury now. He He's going to be out for several weeks, okay? He probably has a grade two hamstring strain right now, okay? They're going up against the Packers. They give the six most rushing yards to running backs through two games, but, you know, keep in mind they went up against the Falcons last week, so that's going to, you know, skew things a little bit. Uh, but the Packers yeah. were not a good rushing defense last year either, right? Um, so this is not something new. Now, Kendrick Miller was not too efficient on the ground, during the preseason, he had an amazing catch from Jameis Winston across the sideline. Everyone saw that. He had mm-hmm. a really, really nice touchdown. Um, like, I think it was like a 10-yard touchdown, 8-yard touchdown, something like that, um, you know, uh, in the red zone, which is really nice. And you guys know that I'm a big fan of Kendrick Miller. Like, I, I've he's been one of the running backs that I've been talking about the most this offseason. And he's going to have an opportunity this week, guys. Okay, Alvin yeah. Kamara is still out. Jamal Williams out. Tony Jones is not going to play over Kendry Miller if he's practicing in full. He is coming off the hamstring injury, so I don't know that they give him the full load this week because they, they kind of messed it up the first time around, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have a team like the Packers on the other side where they're super, super careful with injuries. And, like, if a guy is right week two, they, they will not play him in week two. They'll wait till week three. Right, Christian Watson, they're doing it with. They're going to do it with Aaron Jones. They did it with Aaron Rodgers. It happens all the time. Like, why do you think Christian Watson came back last year from the hamstring and just started lighting it up? Because he had a little bit more time to to get right. Okay. Uh, yeah. But Kendrick Miller, like, I'm hoping that he doesn't re-aggravate, honestly. But he's he's in play this week, guys. Like, if you need a running back, he still might be on waivers. He's on waiver-wise yeah. right now, and he's a starting running back. All right, people think that Tony Jones is going to get it. No, 19% rostered on Yahoo right now. He's available in 80% of leagues and he's going to start. Okay, this week against a bad rushing defense. So go pick yep. up Kendrick Miller right now. If you don't want to start him, I get it. But just pick him up, see what happens. If he has a good performance, people are going to want him on waivers, even with Alvin Kamara coming back. Alvin Kamara wasn't the most efficient running back last year. 
in the run game. So, like we've talked about, can this become a one-two punch eventually on, you know, what should be a good offense with Chris Olave, Michael Thomas hopefully staying healthy, Alvin Kamara, Kendrick Miller not coming on. This is an interesting offense. Okay, so Kendrick Miller is somebody I'm looking to pick up this week, and you can pick him up in the middle of the week and throw him in your RB2 spot because of all the injuries at the running back position. Right. Uh, I completely agree with everything you said, and you really went in-depth there. So, like, I'm just going to kind of throw my little piece here, <laughs> Sorry. and we'll see how it goes. No, you're good. You're good. But well, you know, Kendrick Miller, listen, like, this is my opportunity, right? Because it's like, this is my is, – Kendrick Miller is like the, my baby of the offseason, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. mm-hmm. let's see. And, so, the other baby for you this offseason was Puka Nakua, and look at how he's doing. So, let's maybe give you some leeway here. You know, I, I think that you might know what you're talking about. about. Maybe Kendra Miller will have a good performance here, but I'm just going to say this. The golden gates have like opened. You know, like this is exactly what you want if you're Kendra Miller, where the primary competition for Jamal Williams, he's out of the way and he wasn't that good to begin with. So now we don't have to worry about some guy. And I love Jamal Williams. He's just not that great of a running back. We don't have to worry about him getting these touches just because over Kendra Miller. And Alvin Kamara is coming back, but not till next week. Like this is like the opportunity in a good matchup for Kendrick Miller to establish a role for himself the rest of the season. And we were saying it in the preseason when he went down with the injury. We were like, oh, he's not going to have that chance anymore to establish himself. We thought it would be the case coming into the season. Now he has it. Granted, it's one week, but we'll take what we can get at this point. Like you mentioned, with the running back position all banged up, there's got to be somebody. If he's sitting on waivers, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like the number of teams in leagues that probably have a running back, two running backs that they can start and say that they're confident in, it might be like one or two teams in your league, just the way the position is right now. And by the way, Jamal Williams, first two weeks of the season, 2.7 yards per carry. I just wanted to yep. say that. For all yeah. the people who tell me, like, no, no, no. Why are you shitting on Jamal Williams, man? I love the guy. He was on a much, guy. Yeah, he was on a much better yeah. offense last year with the Lions, and that's how you get fed touchdowns. Saints offense isn't that just yet. And, like, the Saints Maybe. offense, that's another thing to keep in mind. Saints offense can get better, and Kendra Miller can be a part of that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 100 percent man all right uh i want to hit on more running back injuries here but um just real quick i'm on ross st brown is not practicing yet um josh reynolds might get an upgrade here okay he's been running a lot of his routes out of the slot too atlanta has been good against the perimeter reynolds somebody that you can look to put in your lineup this week if i'm ross st brown ends up missing or ends up being limited this week with that toe injury it's a turf toe so this is a little a little bit of an iffy situation here for Amon Ra, okay? Sam Laporta right. will get an upgrade. Jimmy Gibbs will probably get an upgrade just because there's more targets available. Okay. The whole offense, though, <laughs> does it get a downgrade? Probably. You know, without probably. Amon Ra on the field, right? Yeah. Jared Goff probably getting a downgrade here. Okay. Um, let's see. A few, few other things. Uh, Aaron Jones still not practicing as of Wednesday. Uh, A.J. Dillon going up against New Orleans this week. Uh, not the matchup I love. He did not look good last week. He hasn't looked good since like, you know, 2020, what, 2020? <laughs> what was the last time a- 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 AJ Dillon looked season? good, dude? I don't know. It's been a long <laughs> time. And no wonder they were, they, were, they were that team, that secret team that wanted to trade for Jonathan Taylor. They put offers out there on the table for Jonathan Taylor. I wonder why. Because right. of this. Okay? Yep. So AJ Dillon against New Orleans, I, I don't love it. Even though he's going to get all the work, I just, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I I I, I wouldn't look elsewhere for me. Like, are you, like, are you even okay starting him as a low end RB two? I'm just like very unhappy if I have to, but I will if I have to. You know what I mean? Because the okay. volume will be there. He's not efficient. If I had to pick, so if you're sitting there with AJ Dillon on your bench and Kendry Miller's on the waiver, like, go oh, get, it, go no, get Kendry no. Miller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, don't exactly. even think twice exactly. about it. Like, just because AJ Dillon, you know, he's supposed to. 
he's supposed to be this guy that's, you know, he's the handcuff of handcuffs behind Aaron Jones. Jordan Love's looking pretty good, too. This might not be necessarily geared towards the run game, especially if they're not happy with the guy they have. You know what I mean? Jordan Love is just fine. So definitely consider other options. I'd say he's a last resort. 100%. Um, uh, Justice Hill, he's most likely going to miss week three with a toe injury. He also has turf toe. Uh, Gus Ed- Edwards versus the Colts. Um, they've given up only 2.87 yards per carry to running back. So a little bit of a tough matchup here. Uh, but it should be a positive game script. Should be. We'll see if Anthony Richardson plays. He has that concussion. So no word on that yet. He's still in the concussion protocol. He's still working through that. It is possible that he does play. But it could be either a neutral or positive game script for the Ravens. So he's, he likely still get the work. Okay. And you know, in the past we didn't see these running backs get over 15 carries per game, but this is a new offensive coordinator. We can see Gus Edwards with 20 carries in this, in this game. Okay. So I think I'd rather play Gus Edwards this week than AJ Dillon. Personally, (laughs) this is going to be the shit on AJ Dillon (laughs) episode because there are all these running backs as my, I have Gus Edwards as my RB25 on the week, guys. Okay, so he, he's, a, he's, a solid, he's a borderline RB2 this week. Um, let's see. Who else do we have here? A couple more injuries. Austin Eckler still not practicing. Uh, what do you think about Josh Kelly against Minnesota this week? So, Josh Kelly, the thing is, he didn't look fantastic last week because they didn't really give him a whole lot of opportunity. And this, I think, right. is going to be the game with the fireworks of fireworks. I mean, we can jump into this game. We're going to jump into this game, but I will say it has the highest point total, according to Vegas, 56 of this entire season, any game this season. And we've seen what Kirk Cousins can do with bad pass defense. He threw four touchdowns against the Eagles, and he had, I think it was two more touchdowns. Big day for Justin Jefferson and the receivers against the Buccaneers in week one. Same thing with Justin Herbert last week. This is going to be an absolute shootout. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot going on in the ground game if there is you know i think josh kelly has a safe enough floor but i don't think the upside is going to be there in this game just because it's going to be lightning through the air and i I, they're not going to be moving at a pace slow enough for josh kelly to really be that guy can josh kelly be a solid rb2 for you yes am i happy playing him as a flex definitely but i don't know if the upside is there like you would have obviously with austin eckler you're not going to have a whole lot it's going to be a floor play i'm expecting like 13 or 14 points, kind of. And that's like on the higher end of things. Josh Kelly or Gus Edwards in a full PPR? I think I'm going to go with Gus Edwards just because you mentioned the game script. I think that there's going to be more runs than in that game than there's going to be in this game for Josh Kelly. Okay. Okay, there you have it. Um, David Montgomery, most likely going to miss this week. Uh, what does that mean for Gibbs? Um, you know, they have Craig Reynolds. We, we talked about that earlier. Craig Reynolds, Zonovan Knight as well, to potentially mix in, you know, in Montgomery's role. Uh, but we'll see how, how that works out. Either way, I think Gibbs, you know, is a very, very good play, RB1 play this week. So just, just throw him in your lineup and see what happens. Uh, don't overthink that one. Um, yeah. I, I don't think, like, Craig Reynolds would have been a play, but then I forgot they have Zonovan Knight, who's very capable as well. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I don't know how much better Craig Reynolds is than Zonovan Knight, to be honest with you. So <laughs> right. I, I think Zonovan Knight's probably a better running back. So who knows? This could be a split, you know, splitting that David Montgomery role. You might have a three, you might have three running backs on the field this week. Um, but hopefully that doesn't necessarily deter Gibbs role. Okay. I don't um, think either of them are going to cut into his receiving work, which is okay. Yeah. But you know, what, yeah, yeah. what would really put Jameer Gibbs over the top and what I was hoping, but it doesn't look like it's going to be the case is getting the running, some of the running work that David Montgomery was getting. But if they bring up Zonovan Knight, I don't think that he's going to be getting any type of significant bump in the run game to really supplement the pass work that he's been getting. So temporary expectations with him a little bit. All right, let's get into this Thursday night football matchup. We got the Giants at the 49ers. Uh, Saquon Barkley has been declared out despite his head coach saying that they will not declare him out before the game. But they did. Um, Matt Breida is the next is is the next up is the running back who is next up going up against the 49ers. This is not the best matchup in the world. However, on a short week, um, I'm not opposed to playing him as a flex. But if you do play him, don't play him in your flex. Put him in your running back spot and take out that running back. Throw him in your flex. 
Why? Because if you have a player in your flex who plays on Thursday night and then the player in your running back spot gets hurt on Friday in practice, then you're screwed. Which running back are you going to pick up off waivers or which running back are you going to pick up off your bench and throw in your running back spot? You is really It's really hard to do that. Instead, if you have Brita and you played him in your running back spot, regardless of whether he scored a lot or little, now that player got hurt on Friday, and you now you're now you're now you're able to be flexible. Now you can throw in a wide receiver in there, or you can throw a running back in there. Just want, I, we always give this disclaimer at least once a year. So there you have yep. it. Um, Hence the position so, name flex. Flex, <laughs> uh, flex on them. Uh, Matt Breida, I think you have to be pretty desperate. You know, to to put him in your lineup, and I know, I know a lot of people are desperate. He's my RB thirty uh, on the week, yeah. um, which is not terrible. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Considering the matchup, it's, I'm not completely avoiding this. Like, I'd rather play Matt Breida than AJ Dillon this week. <laughs> I knew it was coming <laughs> as soon as I heard "I'd rather." I knew exactly where you were going with that. And the funny thing is, like, I, I would too, pretty much at this point. AJ Dillon is going to absolutely kill it this week i'm just saying yeah this is what this is what's gonna yeah. happen <laughs> he's gonna put us to shame and then uh, that'll be interesting yeah okay so matt Breida, you know uh there, there's that brandon are you limited in practice as well you know who knows if he plays if he does play i'm fine playing him you know as like a mid art mid wide receiver too this week um i'm taking my chances it's supposed to be a pain tolerance thing so i think he'll be fine um you know, it's a little bit of risk, I think, playing him. Uh, but if you have a, a you know a decent option, you know you might want to throw out that decent option. But like you know, Ayuk Ayuk will be he should be good to go in this game. It is a yeah. good matchup, right? Um, oh, yeah. All right. So, 100%. is there anybody else you're looking at in this game? Like, if he's limited, does do guys like you know Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle get a little bit of a bump here? Yeah, D- Debo Samuel, you mean, right? <laughs> what what did I say? Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think he said Brandon Ayuk. Yes. Uh, okay. If Brandon anyway is limited, does Brandon you get a bump? Is that what I said? Okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think definitely. You know, they'll have <laughs> slightly more. They might have a slightly higher target share, but it's not going to be a whole humongous bump because you look at the weapons they have. They have George Kittle still. They have Debo Samuel. They have Christian McCaffrey. These are guys where if you take Brandon Ayuk out of the lineup, this is still like one of the best supporting casts in the NFL. You know, like you put these guys on another team, they're stacked. So I think George Kittle gets the biggest bump because Debo Samuel, he's going to have a role kind of a little bit in the run game, um, but he's also going to be fine enough in the pass game to get it done. But George Kittle, I think, was the guy suffering the most because Debo Samuel still had a high, relatively high target share, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was second, or he might have even been first this season in the two games over Brandon Ayuk. But obviously Brandon Ayuk had a much higher a dot much higher yards per reception air yard share was off the charts you know around 40 50 percent the first two weeks so you're going to be missing that big play threat but george kittle is kind of going to become that guy i think where he's going to get a little bit more target share i'm calling a relatively strong week from him so i'd say george kittle is a stronger play if brandon Ayuk doesn't go or is limited debo samuel's been getting a 30 percent target share over the last two games so um, you know, look for him to, to do some things if Ayuk is hurt as well. Um, so, you know, all these guys are in play. All of these guys should be in lineups. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey. How do you feel about Brock Purdy? Um, you know, this is last week was like his second game ever in his NFL career where he didn't throw two touchdowns. I'm not counting the game he got hurt in. Um, you know, so and, and, you know, there were some throws that he missed. This was not a good game from Brock Purdy last week. So you think this is the game where he bounces back and, you know, is a potential, you know, low-end QB1, borderline QB1 start this week? Yeah, I think he can definitely sneak into the top 10. And you said it, you know, he didn't throw the touchdowns last week. He did run one in, so that was fine. You know, that kind of saved his day. But um, this is a team where the Giants allow Josh Dobbs to put up 23 fantasy points. They're coming off a short week. Like, I think Brock Purdy's going to be just fine. He has much better weapons than Josh Dobbs. He's a better quarterback than Josh Dobbs, much better offensive scheme and play call than Josh Dobbs. Like, I'm not worried about Brock Purdy at all. He's a very comfortable start for me in two QB and super flex. And I think he's a good enough, he has a good enough matchup against the Giants where I would consider him if I have one of those borderline guys. Like, if I have Deshaun Watson and Brock Purdy, I'm definitely thinking about it. 
You know what I mean? Yep. I, I, I would say. What, what if you have uh, Joe Burrow this week? You know, he has the calf injury. You, we don't even know yeah. if he's going to play or not. He, he's, right. he might not even practice tomorrow. What do you do? That That's a good one there because now you have to make that decision, you know, because you're not going to have Brock Purdy after the fact. I, I would start Brock Purdy, I think, because this is you a good enough really, matchup. You have to, right? Yeah, yeah I, this, I think so. This Who is would, a you good start? Would, you rather, would you rather go Daniel Jones in the same game or Brock Purdy? I, I would go with I, – I, I, I know I'm throwing a lot of questions at you today, Zach. Just, oh, yeah, no, it's scared. fine. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I think I'm still going Brock Purdy here. I just don't – like, if the 49ers do anything to the Giants – Yeah, the matchup. The four, if 49ers do anything to the Giants like the Cowboys did to them, like Daniel Jones might not even be useful. Because his receivers, yeah. they're not that good. The offense is not high powered enough. They can do thirty points, like Daniel Jones can do thirty fantasy points in a quarter and a half against the Cardinals. But the 49ers, you're not going to get away with that. I'm not expecting that. So Brock Purdy's a much safer start. Like if Brock Purdy ended the night with 250 yards and two touchdowns and like 20 yards rushing, I could see that happening. You're and you're happy because that's 20 points. Yeah, and you're fine. Exactly. I agree. I agree. I think I think that's where I'm going this week. I love Daniel Jones for the season, but this week, it's a little tough. Okay. Yeah. Um. And you know, I think the only other giant that you you're really comfortable starting, Darren is Waller, probably Darren Waller, and that's it. Yeah. There's no one else. Okay. There's there is no one else. I mean, the receivers like and just to touch on the receivers quick before you go on, like they have five pass catchers, including Saquon and Waller. That have over thirteen percent target share. They're distributing the ball. There you go. There's nobody clear in the passing game, and you can hang on to Jalen Hyatt all you want, but he got two targets, <laughs> and they were both bombs. And you, you can't rely on that. Like, will he end up probably being a high scorer, one of the highest scoring wide receivers in the Giants, a couple times a season? Yeah, but he's not going to be doing that on a consistent basis. He doesn't have enough workload. Don't even consider it. It's just tough if you're a Giants wide receiver right now. 100%, man. You know, I, I did want to mention one more thing. So I want to move on to the other running backs. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk about Kyron Williams, and we talked about him early. You know, one other note um, that I had here was that, um, so, you know, they obviously are at, they're in Cincy. Um, the Rams are in Cincy this week, right? Cincy is Monday a two-and-a-half yep. favorite, two-and-a-half point favorite, and I'm looking at that on Fantasy Life's Game Hub. And Burrow's banged up, right? So beginning of the year, you were looking at this game on the schedule, and you're like, oh, Rams at Bengals? The Bengals are going to destroy them. But this could be a positive game script for the Rams or a neutral game script for the Rams. This does not seem like a game where Cincinnati's just going to run away with it, right? The way that Matthew Stafford is playing, right? So this is shaping up for Kyron Williams, this game is shaping up for Kyron Williams to get a huge workload, right? And then the 10 targets on top of that, he, I mean, he's pretty much matchup proof at this point because of the fact that he's being worked in, you know, in the run game and in the receiving game, right? So, yeah. like, again, you know, I have him as my RB6 in the week, okay? So this is a situation where you have Kyron Williams in your lineup no matter what, all right? Yeah. So I just, just wanted to... I just wanted to add that to to what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, the, you, the utilization will not lead you astray in the long run. Maybe on in, on a week-to-week basis, you can look at utilization. Sometimes you just have a bad week. But in the long run, Kyron Williams, if he keeps us up, he is in fantastic shape. All right, so where are we putting Zach Moss, man? Um, you know, he's in, he's in Baltimore this week. The Ravens are favored by seven and a half. Okay, uh, this might be a negative game script. For the Colts this week, right? Especially if Anthony yep. Richardson doesn't play, right? So this could be a little bit of a trap for Zach Zach Moss. Um, you know, if Gardner Minshew does play, then you know it might be a little bit better where he is getting those dump offs. But Anthony Richardson has also been dumping it off a little bit more than you know than we thought he would. You know, Zach Moss was an every down player, so usually these every down players are going to be started regardless. Right, so it's a little bit of a tricky right. situation for me. Um, how are you looking at Zach Moss? Is he kind of going to be in your life no matter what, or are you a little bit worried? I, the only thing that would worry me with Zach Moss, like you mentioned, is the potential for the game script to go wrong. But Gardner Minshew's there. If they do go down, like you said, he's being used not just 
in the ground game. He's in every down back. He was getting some targets. So that kind of like quells my worry. You know what I mean? I'm not that worried about it at this point. I'm definitely starting him. Ideally, as a flex, he's a good RB2, I think, this week, regardless of the matchup. So like we talked about just now with Kyron Williams, the utilization is there. He played, what was it, 56 and 57 snaps last week. Yeah. Is that going to happen every week? I don't know. But it looks like Zach Moss is the lead back, and we said this until, uh, what's his name, Jonathan Taylor comes back. So at this point, I just ride the Zach Moss wave out. You have two more weeks before things get really hairy with Jonathan Taylor coming back. So I'm just going to stick with Zach Moss and say that he's going to be fine. I- I'd say he could finish. I'd have him as a mid to low RB2. I'm thinking like RB17. This week, I'm not sure we have him in your rankings, but that's where I think I might put him based on what we saw from him last week and just what I'm expecting this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's going up against Buffalo. Uh, I'm sorry, he's going up against, you know, Bolt. So I have, I have, I had him a lot, uh, I have him a lot higher than I thought I did. I have Zach Moss at 14 this week. And again, right. it's the attrition at the position, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying that now, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's really what it comes down to, right? Um, now let's move on to Brian Robinson. You know, I got mixed up in my notes here. Brian Robinson going up against Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by more than a touchdown here at home, or are they? No, no, they Washington is at home, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes, they're playing at home, Washington. Buffalo's Washington going is going to okay, Washington. So, yes. All right. So Washington's playing at home. That does help a little bit, but Buffalo is still favored by six and a half points. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson is the passing down back here. Okay. If they do have to have a, a, a if they do have to run a hurry up offense, Antonio Gibson's still on the field for those situations. Okay. Now early downs, early downs, Brian Robinson is still going to be the guy. We saw what Brees Hall did in week one, but that was Brees Hall, okay? Josh Jacobs yeah. couldn't even get above zero rushing yards last week against the Bills in a negative game script, okay? And that was Josh Jacobs, okay? Yeah. So what is Brian Robinson going to do this week? Now, I still have Brian Robinson as a mid-RB2 this week because of the fact that, you know, he is the guy in this backfield, right? He really separated from Antonio Gibson, you know, last week in terms of right. the sh- the rushing share for the running backs. But Josh Jacobs is also the guy in his backfield, and he couldn't get above zero yards in a negative game script last week. Now, that was in Buffalo. Okay, so a little bit different. They're in Washington this week. Robinson has looked pretty good so far. So this is going to be an interesting one. I mean, if you have Robinson, most likely, you know, you don't have the riches, you know, at running back. I mean, nobody has the riches at running back at this point. So most likely Robinson's going to be in your lineup, right? Um, but yeah, man, according to uh, Fantasy Life's data hub here, I'm sorry, according to Fantasy Life's, Fantasy Life's game hub here, the the Bills are favored by six and a half points. So I don't know, man. This is a tough one for me because it's it, it's smelling a little fishy after his really, really big game last week. Yeah, so just to touch on the game overall, like – do you think that people might be overlooking the commanders here? Because their offense isn't that bad. I mean, they've looked good through two weeks. Now, granted, they played the Cardinals and they played the Broncos, who are a master right now. But I think we could give them a little bit more credit here. Like, six and a half points at Washington? I don't know. Maybe it's just me being that guy. Brian Robinson did look good. But I think there is something to be said for his snap share. You know, he's just over 50% of snaps. And Tony Gibson is seeing the field. And like you mentioned, he has the two-minute snaps. 100%. Uh, I think Brian Robinson played like maybe two two-minute snaps this whole season. Obviously, it's two weeks. But he had an RB1 performance, 28 points on 52% snaps. He had less carries in week two than he did in week one. He caught a couple passes. Obviously, that definitely helped inflate his production a little bit. And he had the two touchdowns. Is that going to happen every week? No. So, with Brian Robinson, I'm confident starting him because he looked good last week but i'm still not i'm not gonna expect that on a weekly basis this isn't like the next stud running back that we're talking about he has enough he's on a good enough offense where you can have that type of week every once in a while but i'm expecting more towards what we saw the first week with the you know three four yards per carry on 20 
attempts, maybe limited receiving work, than we did, than seeing what we saw last week, where he had an RB one performance. If that makes sense. Now, I'm looking at all of the positive game scripts for this week for these running backs because you know that is kind of what matters when you when you want these running backs to get the volume on the ground. The 49ers, right. obviously, you know, against the Giants, Christian McCaffrey could have 25 carries in this game. Okay. Um, the Ravens at home uh, against the Colts, you know, they're favored in this game as well. You're going to have Gus Edwards potentially getting 20-plus carries in this game. Uh, Miami favored heavily against Denver, right? You could have Raheem Moser doing what he did last week, you know, getting the volume and getting the production. Uh, yep. Jaguars favored a ton over the Texans. You got Travis Etienne, you know, potentially having a bounce back week this week. Um, mm -hmm. The Bills, right? We just talked about it. James Cook on the other side of the ball could get some volume in this game. Now, I do want to say something about James Cook that, you know, his overall rushing share went down in week two, you know, with Latavius Murray, with Damien Harris getting a little bit more work. You know, obviously they don't have enough work to be fantasy relevant. But, you know, James Cook didn't get like, you know, 80% of the rushing share or anything like that. It went down to about 55% this week. Yep. Okay. Um, Seahawks and Panthers. Like, this one is an interesting one. Now, before I, you know what, before I get to Seahawks and Panthers, do you, you have any comments about the ones that I just mentioned here? Travis Etienne, Raheem Mostert, um, Gus Edwards, we already talked about. Yeah, uh, Travis Etienne, huge opportunity for a bounce back after a rough week last week. His usage went down because the Jaguars were passing the ball like ridiculously high rate. I think it was 78% dropback rate. They were hardly running the ball. So I think you're going to get Travis Etienne. He's going to have a better week this week. It was just a weird game overall for him against the Chiefs. So don't buy into that one game. We'll see if it comes back this week. But also, like you mentioned, Raheem Mostert. I wasn't big on Raheem Mostert coming this season, I'll be honest. And he looks pretty good. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of sit here, take the loss and say, all right, he'll, he'll be fine. But yeah, you laid it out pretty much. There's not much more to say outside of that. I really, really, really like Kenneth Walker this week. Okay. They're going up against Carolina. Carolina has allowed a ton of fantasy points so far through two games. 31 and a half fantasy points to running backs on a per-game basis. That's the third most. They've allowed five touchdowns to running backs so far in two games. Okay, so, you know, more than four yards of carry. So I think Kenneth Walker, in a positive game script, according to Fantasy Life's game hub, this is going to be a game where Seattle's favored pretty heavily. So mm -hmm. I do think that Kenneth Walker, finally, he can get some volume and he can get the production to go with it, right? We've kind of been waiting. And Zach Charbonnet hasn't been as involved, um, you know, as some may, th may, may have thought, right? Um, to start yeah. the year in the preseason, you know, he didn't really shine without Kenneth Walker there, right? But now you're looking at a situation where Kenneth Walker is really taking almost all the work, right? If I'm looking at, at least, fantasy yeah. love's utilization report, 74% of the rushing attempts for the season, all right? So that's absolutely ridiculous. So if they're going to be running the ball more in this game, in a game where they'll be leading, I think he's going to have a big, big day. I have him ranked as a mid RB one this week. Uh, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, those were some points that I had on this one too. I was going to call that one out, but you mentioned his usage, like that's holding true. It's not just one week. Obviously, it's two weeks, but both weeks you've seen the same usage. Zach Charbonnet sitting at eighteen percent rushing share compared to Kenneth Walker. So that's Kenneth Walker's getting three out of every four carries. Zach Charbonnet's getting maybe less than one out of every five. You don't have to worry about Zach Charbonnet right now. Down the season, down the stretch, later in the season, maybe things change. But right now, the way it's going, Kenneth Walker is the guy in the running game, 100%. And you have nothing to worry about starting him against the Panthers. And they don't even have to score a whole lot for this to become uh, a positive game script game because the Panthers' offense sucks right now. And, you know, like, mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Bryce Young, he's a rookie. You know, we pretty much expected this to be the case, but they're even worse than I thought they were going to be. <laughs> so it's definitely something to be said there. There's going to be a lot of positive game scripts if you're a team playing the Panthers on a weekly basis. 
And it's one of the reasons why I don't love Miles Sanders again, right? This is this is a bad offense. Now, I do have him as my RB18 because, again, you know, war of attrition. So, you know, mm -hmm. Sanders, like, you know, there's a possibility that he gets game scripted out of this game. Okay, so that's that's the problem with on the other side of the ball, you know, for a guy who's likely going to get, you know, most of the early down work and Chuba Harper will come in for a lot of the passing down work. So, you know, we'll see how that works. Chiefs also obviously huge, huge favorites against the Bears um, at home. This is not going to be a good game at all. No. Uh, the Chiefs are probably just going to demolish the Bears. I mean, that's what I think. And who knows? This is. This is probably the Bears' first win here. Watch. Um, but, you know, the Chiefs, you know, I, I, I think Isaiah Pacheco a little bit banged up right now. So keep that in mind going into this week. Um, you know, he didn't practice. He, I don't think he practiced either limited or didn't practice, but he's a little bit banged up right now. Um, Cowboys and Cardinals, Tony Pollard against the Cardinals. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> you can't wait to see yeah. this, right? Like, it's going to be <laughs> cool. going to be a show. Okay. Yeah. This is a running back, you know, I don't love this week, and that's James Conner uh, going up, up against your Dallas Cowboys. Um, you, know, you know, you mentioned that, you know, this could be a game where – or just this is a defense that, you know, can be vulnerable against the ground or at least that's how you want to attack this defense. But I just feel like the Cardinals defense – Cardinals offense is just going to be so anemic against this defense that, like, I don't even know if they're going to get a first down in this game. That that's my problem. Yeah, I, I, that's drastic. I think they'll be fine. You know, they're <laughs> gonna get a first down. I'd love to see that happen as a Cowboys fan, but that's not gonna be the case. Listen, I think that the Jets got away from the run too fast. I think the Cardinals will have no choice but to stick with it a little bit more than the Jets did. So we could see a half decent performance here, especially if Josh Dobbs, if they design some checkdowns for him and say James Conner gets a couple of those. That could be the case, but this isn't going to be a high-scoring game for the Cardinals. I just, I just don't see it. Like they played competitively against the Commanders and the Giants, but the Cowboys are a different animal. So <laughs> I'm not big on James Conner either this week. Like, all right, here we go. Do you view him in the same light this week as AJ Dillon? If you had to pick between Conner and AJ Dillon, who are you picking? James Conner. I. You think so? Yeah. I might, I, I might lean. AJ Dillon, <laughs> because I think Connor can still get like five catches in this game. Yes, that's possible. You know, but that's that's kind of yeah. how I look at it. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. That's the yeah. closest. Would you rather? I think we've had with AJ Dillon though. For me, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think yeah. so. All right, I think that's going to do it for this podcast, guys. Um, if you if you want my full rankings, they're, again they're at upperhandfantasy.com. You can go check it out there. Um, also, just want to let you guys know real quick, Underdog Fantasy has a special promotion right now, limited time offer. If you're not signed up with Underdog Fantasy, this is the best time. Because if you sign up, your first deposit will be doubled. Not by $100 anymore. Not up to $100 anymore. Up to $500. Your first deposit will be doubled up to $500. Okay, So if you put in $500, you'll get an extra $500 to work with. All right, Minimum deposit is only $10. You can get an extra $10. But you can also get an extra four or five hundred if you want. <laughs> All right, guys, use the code upper hand if you want to do that. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. We'll be talking tight ends and wide receivers going into week three. All right, guys, appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Zach, take it easy, brother. Bye bye.